The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information on our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, We are in the third week of Advent, and this morning we are going to be directing our our focus on, on joy. And before we go anywhere today, I want to be really clear. I'm not at all interested in talking about the joy that's kind of just fluffy and out there and in the clouds. The, um, the joy that's kind of just this pleasant idea, this joy that this, it, it's this great word that you can put on postcards. I'm not interested in doing that or talking about that. It, instead, what I'd like for us to do is to talk about joy that is real, joy that is in real life, real joy, experienced joy. That's what I want to talk I want to talk about the joy that you can know and actually walk in in real life. That's the kind of joy I want to talk about. Um, a joy that's real, a joy that is ours through Christ, in Christ, and because of Christ. That's what I want to uh, talk about. Um, I also want to be upfront with you before we get into this. This was a really difficult week for me uh, in preparation for this. Um, I believe that the Lord has really shifted my perspective in a way that is quite subtle, but um, honestly, really powerful. One of the great joys that I get often as a pastor is that when the Lord just brings this conviction and just changes me, um, I get this great joy of oftentimes just passing it right along to you. That's kind of cool. And this morning is one of those mornings when, when God has just convicted me and said, Justin, I want to conform your mind to mine. And now I get to uh, just pass that right along. The Lord has showed me that my thoughts about joy were not his thoughts. And I hope that this morning we can come together and talk about that real joy. And so to that end, um, would you join me? Would you pray with me before we get to this text? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us, for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for your patience with us because at times we are a bit stubborn and a bit hard of hearing. But the Lord, Lord, this morning, I, I, I pray that you would break through that, that you would cause us to see, that you would cause us to hear. I know many of us, if not all of us, have heard about joy. We have ideas about joy, but this morning as we come to your word, I, God, would you just allow us to take all of that, and would you just shape us? Lord, would you change us in your power, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, church, uh, if you have your Bibles with me, or with you, would you grab them, would you, would you turn to James, James chapter 1. If you're here and you don't have your Bible, I'd love to let you grab one of ours, it's a hardback black or blue one around you. If you see a leather one around you, that's your neighbor's, don't grab that one. Um, but if you find one of ours, that's yours, and, and if you're here and you don't have a copy of God's Word, we would love 
to give you that one or anyone. You can find the one that's in the best condition around you. Take that one. You don't have to tell us about it. It is our privilege and honor as a church to give away Bibles. So if you don't have one, please take that one. Now you do have one. Um, But this morning, I would like for us to really look at one big idea, one main idea that has two parts. The first part is this. God is not just a means to some other end. God is not just some means to any other end. No matter how good that end might be, He's not the means to anything else. God is the end. God is not just the means to some other end. God is the end. Part two, then, is because of that truth. Because that is absolutely true, we can and will have joy in suffering. So part one, God is not just a means to some other end, and because of that, we can have joy in suffering. That's where we're going this morning. Um, And I want to start with that first part, um, that God is not just some means to another end. This might sound weird. Let me give you an example that hopefully will help. I don't know why this one came to my mind. Um, have you ever met someone who is just absolutely in love with love? Who just is in love with love? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, but the person who loves the idea of being in love, the trappings of, of love, the person who just loves love, There's a lot wrong with that statement. There's a lot wrong with that picture. Um, And honestly, it's just weird. It's just just weird for the idea of love to be an end goal. For the idea of love to be an end goal, it's weird. So Candace, my wife, um, she does not want me to love love. She wants me to love her. Love... The idea of love is not the end, it's the person. And all the love and the trappings of that is a byproduct of that love. To put it this way, Candace is not the means that I use to get to love. This is subtle. No, Candace is the end. And the love that shows up in our relationship, praise God, is a byproduct of that. See, we get in trouble when we love love and use others to get it. When we love love and when we use anyone else to get to that end. Let me say it again. God is not a means. God is not just a means to get to any other end, no matter how good that end might be. He is the end. Build it one more level before I move on. To pursue anything else over God is, by definition, idolatry. And God does not want to be the means to your idolatry. No matter how good that idol No matter how shiny, no matter how noble, God is not a means to our idolatry. To go to our example, to love love is to miss the point. To love love is to make love your idol, your object of affection. And in doing this, you use your spouse to get what you want. Now, 
this is easier to see with love. I want us to think about joy. My goal is to get us to think a little more biblically about the idea of joy, the reality of joy. My hope is to expand our thoughts a little bit to see Christ, who is not just the means to get joy, but the object of joy itself. Because when we see this and we understand this, um, one, we're able to understand joy, which is great, but two, we are able to approach suffering differently. We're able to have true joy right in the midst of suffering. I want to say something big, and we'll get to the bottom of this as we move forward, but we're able to have true joy not in spite of suffering, not just through it as we go through it, but we are able to have true joy because of suffering. In other words, my hope is to expand our understanding of Jesus and the reality of joy. So I'd like for us to start with a definition. It's good that we're getting on the same page, that we know what we're, what we're talking about here. Definition of joy. Um, there are a lot of definitions of joy out there. I mean a lot. Some of them are great. Some of them are terrible. Um, and I have a, one that I think is really good. But before I get to that, um, if you were to Google it, uh, just type in definition of joy, you'd get something very similar to this, a feeling of great pleasure or happiness or bliss. I Googled it, and that's what came up on mine. So it, it's this idea that joy is basically a, a graduated level of happiness. You have happiness here, and then joy way up here. It's this graduated version of, of happiness. The problem with this definition is that it is biblically insufficient. It woefully is insufficient. In fact, it falls apart when you compare that definition of joy to your Bible. Um, so what is it when we talk about joy? What is it when the Bible talks about joy? Um, let me give you a definition that I believe is great. This definition is not from me. I want to be very clear, but I think it is great. All right, here it is. Biblical joy is the good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. Okay, take that in. Um, biblical joy is the good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. Just walk through this a little bit with me. So it's, it's a good feeling. That means it's not just an idea. It's not just this decision that we make. Um, it's a feeling. It's something we, in other words, experience. We experience it. And we experience this not on a surface level, but it says from deep, from our soul. It is more than just this simple pleasure, this bodily pleasure that we have. It is more than just momentary happiness. It is deep. It is flowing from our soul. It is, yes, we do feel its effects bodily and physically, but it's not, it doesn't start there. It starts from deep within our soul. It's the good feeling in the soul next that is produced by the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not something that you and I can just try really hard to do. Justin, be joyful. Justin, be joyful. Justin, be joyful. It does not work. 
It is produced in us by the Spirit. As Galatians says, it is a fruit of the Spirit. Produced in us by the Spirit. It is the good feeling in the soul produced by the Spirit. And how does the Spirit produce that? He causes us to see the beauty of Christ. Church, this is everything. This is the point of it all. The Holy Spirit produces in us joy from deep in our soul by causing us to see Jesus. The beauty and the wonder of Jesus. I've said this already, that God is not just the means to any other end. Now, yes, he is the means, but he is also the end. Joy is not found, in other words, by God simply going, poof, joy, there it is in your life. God is, joy is not found by God producing it out of thin air. No, God, joy is found by God producing it in us as he draws our eyes to Jesus. This is subtle, but it is huge. By drawing us to know Christ. To know Christ is to know joy. Biblical joy, good feeling in the soul, produced by the Holy Spirit, as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. In other words, he produces the joy in us by causing us to see Jesus in our lives and in Scripture. Joy is produced when we are given the eyes to see Jesus. Joy has an object. Before we go any further, and before we get into our text in James, this is why, church, joy is so closely associated with this time of year. If you think of Luke 2, what we just read, the angel that came to them said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Why was there great joy, church? Why was there great joy in this moment? It was because through the Spirit of God, they were able to see the beauty of Christ. They were able to see Christ because Christ was born, Emmanuel, God with us, and joy filled their hearts. Later on, it says, you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And there's this multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those who, with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem, listen to this, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. See, in this scene... In this wonderful scene, God produces this, going back to our definition, this good feeling deep within their souls, causing them to see the beauty of Jesus. He made it known to them. He made Christ known to them and produced in them joy, joy to the world because the world now sees Jesus, joy to the world because Christ now is in the world, joy. This is joy. This is joy, and this is why the season is so marked by it. This is why we celebrate it and why one of the candles is joy. 
This is, this is why. But we can't leave it here because Jesus doesn't leave it here. Throughout his life, Jesus teaches his disciples, one, I'm, I, he must die. He must go back to the Father. But then he also teaches them, hey, it's better for you that I go. Because when I go, the Spirit will come, literally giving you the eyes to see Christ. And through this, he will literally, in reality, in your real life, produce joy lasting and deep. I want to bring us back where we began before we move forward. God is not just a means to some other end. To make this specific for us this morning, God is not only the means to joy, He is joy. He is the object. He does not take us to joy. He does not just make it possible for us to be joyful people. Scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. He is joy. And apart from Christ, this is a big statement here, and I want you to Hang with me. Apart from Christ, we cannot know true joy. We can know and experience happiness, sure, but we cannot know that joy, true biblical joy. We cannot know it because it is in and only in Jesus Christ. I want to bring this, though, because that's very up in the clouds. I, we got to bring this down from clouds to ground from theory to life. So with this in mind, this understanding of joy, I want you to think about your life. The ups and downs. All of the things that we face. Joy is yours in Christ to know him and is to know joy, to walk with Jesus, is to walk in joy. Church, there is no other time that this becomes more apparent, more clear, more felt, more experienced than in times of trial, struggle, and through the storm. In order to talk about real and true joy, we must, church, talk about suffering. There is joy in suffering. Now, you might be hearing this and think, Pastor, Come on, this is Advent. Merry Christmas. Let's talk about joy, or let's talk about suffering. Um, are you telling me we're going to talk about suffering? To get? Yes, I, I, we are. We are. Um, you might be here though, and you might be right in the middle of a season like this—a season of suffering, of struggle. And for you, you are not alone. By the end of this, um, I hope you're encouraged through Jesus. I hope you're able to see and understand joy more than you have ever been able to before. You also might be here and you might say, well, pastor, I'm kind of in a good season right now. Um, for you, we know that Scripture tells us plainly that until we see Jesus face to face, we will face trials and struggles we will, face trouble. we will face struggle. We will face suffering. So for all of us, Scripture tells us that this is coming. And I hope that all of us are encouraged as we look at this to know that whatever we face, there is joy in the Lord, and that is not a coffee mug cliche. It is real. So 
with that being said, would you look with me at James? James 1, chapter, or chapter 1, verses 2, starting in 2. Count it all joy. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness then have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Count it all joy. I want us to just take this in, church. And I want to draw a couple observations from this. One is there is a link between joy and suffering. Joy is not the absence of trials. Joy is not the absence of pain. Joy and suffering are linked. Let us not separate them until the day when you see Jesus face to face and your time here on earth is done. Suffering will be the tool. I need you to hear me. Suffering will be the tool that God will use to increase your joy. I know that sounds super morbid. I'm like, Pastor, are you telling me I should like crave this? I should be like, yay, suffering? No, that's a crazy person. I'm not saying that. That is, you would be absolutely, absolutely crazy. What I am saying, though, is that there is something to be gained through suffering that you would never gain otherwise. And what is it that you gain? Let's be suspicious specific here, that you would never gain otherwise. What is that? Well, it's the awareness of the faithfulness and the presence of Christ through that storm. You will see the power and the beauty. You will see and experience the presence and the peace. You will see and experience and know the faithfulness and the strength of Jesus in a way that would not be possible, church, if you hadn't gone through what you are going through. There is joy in suffering. Through the trial, God gives us the eyes to see Jesus in a way that would not be possible if you would not have ever gone through it. I am not saying that the storm, that the struggle is going to be pleasant. That when you're done, you're like, yes, come again. It won't. It's not. What I am saying, though, is that suffering is a powerful pathway to joy. Biblical joy is the good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. Looking back on my life, church, it seems as though it is always those moments, those moments of struggle that I look back on, that I draw strength from, that I know, Christ, you are, you were there. I see him in his word. I see him in my life. Why? Because suffering is a powerful pathway to joy. Hebrews 12 says, let us run this race with endurance. Looking to Jesus, the founder, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. 
For the joy set before him, the cross, yes. There, this was not some surface level happiness here. This was deep, real, lasting joy through the suffering, and that's yours through Jesus. First observation here, very simple, is that there is a link between joy and suffering. Let us not separate them, because until you meet Jesus face to face and your time here on earth is done, suffering will be the tool that God will often use to increase the joy in your life. Observation number two from this is that, this sounds weird, but you know what I mean. I think we fall into this. Maybe it's just me. Joy and suffering is not something that the elite Christians have, but that normal Christians, we just aspire to that. Joy and suffering is for all who are in Jesus. James did not write this letter to the super apostles, to the uh, mega bishops, the elders. He wrote this letter to the church, my brothers, who would, by the way, face persecution that is we can hardly even wrap our minds around. He wrote this not to some elitist, ideal, upper-tier Christians. He wrote this for all who are in Jesus. Um, several years ago, I, have, um, I had a cousin who at the time was very, very young when she was diagnosed with cancer, 26, I believe. Um, and her journey was so painful. Um, it was so tough. And, and I remember watching her and her husband walk this journey publicly, very publicly, um, with such incredible strength, such incredible hope and joy. And I remember watching it, and there were several times, just to be honest, that I looked at her life, what had happened, and I wondered, would I be able to endure like that? Would I be able to endure that? If I went through that, would I walk in the joy that I see my cousin walking in? And one thing I noticed is when her life here on earth was done and we gathered for her memorial, it was really obvious that I was not the only one wondering that. It was really obvious that I was not the only one who noticed, wow, the strength of Christ in her, the grace, the hope, the joy through all of these trials. It was the theme of her service. It was the theme of her life. And again, I wondered, would I have been able to do that? Would I have been able to run that race, get to that finish line, and endure a storm like that? Would I have been able to do it? Through this week, the Lord has been working on me, honestly strengthening me, reminding me of the truth and the promise that He has made to me. Joy of Christ in the struggle is not just something that some of us have. It is what we all have in Jesus Christ. 
And no matter what you and I face, no matter what kind or size of the storm, no, no matter, Christ is bigger. And through the storm, every storm that we experience, we will experience the faithfulness of Christ because he will not fail. His promise to us is true. His presence with us is here. And it's not theoretical. It is real. We said suffering will be the tool that God will use to increase your joy. Why is that? It's because suffering is often the tool that God will use to make us more aware of his presence in our life. To make us more aware that Jesus is faithful. Uh, To make us more aware of the communion that we now have with Jesus. And the Spirit uses that. Church, it's not magic. The Spirit uses that to produce joy in our hearts. Suffering and joy are linked. Suffering can and often is the tool that God will use to increase our joy because the Spirit will use suffering to make us more aware of the presence of God in our life, of His faithfulness to us in our lives. And do you know what the word is for that church? Do you know what the word is for more awareness of God in our lives? Do you know what the word is to be more aware of Jesus intimately in your daily life? Do you know what the word is for that? The word for that church is joy. It's joy. That is joy. To become more aware of his work and more aware that he is actually walking with us, that is joy. God is not only the means to our joy, he is joy. And because that is true, because he is joy, because biblical joy is that feeling, that good feeling, produced deep in our soul as the Spirit causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world, because that is true, church, you and I can count it all joy with James. You and I can rejoice in our sufferings like Paul in Romans 5.3. And why? Why is that? Because it is in those moments we experience Christ, and that is joy. That is joy. And one day we know, we know that that joy will be made complete. When we see him face to face, Paul looks to that moment in Romans 8, 18. He says, for I consider the sufferings of this present time. They are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. This is our great hope. But here in the waiting, here in the waiting, church, through the good, through the healthy, through the plenty, through the feast, and through the trial, through the sickness, through poverty and through famine, we can and we will have joy as the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to Christ in our lives. Listen, as we close, I I don't know where you are this morning or what season you're in, um, but I know God is faithful 
And I know that our God will use even the most difficult moments of our lives to draw us to Jesus. And if he does that, then every one of those moments is worth it. In that he will produce in us a joy that is unshakable, a joy you cannot even imagine, a joy is the word that keeps coming to my mind, strong. To understand joy like this, to understand suffering like this, it will change your life. And your perspective of not just your here and now, but your tomorrow. It is strength. And it's how we can say with complete confidence the truth of Nehemiah 8.10 that says, do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's pray together, church. Lord, you are good. To know you is to know joy because you are joy. Whatever we face, whatever we see ahead of us, whatever we imagine we will see, whatever we think tomorrow might bring, whatever our today holds for us, church, as a church, we come together before you, Lord, in complete confidence, knowing that joy is not only possible, but we are reminded in this time of Advent that joy came and put on flesh. That joy not only came, but that Jesus said, it's better, it's better for me to go because the Spirit is here dwelling in us. And so we know that whatever we face today, whatever we face tomorrow, that the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in us we have communion with Jesus, that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. This is our life now. This is joy. God, I pray for each one of us in this room right now. For many of us, we are in a storm. We are in a trial. We are in a struggle. I pray that you would help us to take a deep breath and to know that you are working all things together for the good. I pray that in this moment, even now, that you would use this moment, perhaps of great trial, to make us more aware of your presence. The last thing we want is an easy life where we do not feel you or need you or depend on you. Because, Lord, that is not joy. What we want, Lord, through the ups and the downs is to see you, feel you, experience you, know that you are here walking with us, know that you love us, that we are your children. That is what we want, Lord. And in that, that is joy. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us as we walk in, the, in this joy. Every time we see that three-letter word on any Christmas decoration, on any ad or commercial, I pray that you would help us to reframe it. 
and to know that joy is knowing Jesus, that joy is Jesus. And I pray that in that you would draw our eyes up. In Jesus' name, amen.